0: Well, we are kicking off a new series today, and if you're new with us, we, we teach in series. We just wrapped up a series last week and starting a brand new one today on relationships. And I believe in the power of relationships and how important it is to have great God-honoring relationships. And I want to speak to you from this thought. We need to talk. We need to talk. Having a happily ever after marriage that goes the distance is not easy. And I know that after being married to my lovely bride for 17 years, and we would tell you we do not have a perfect marriage, but we do have a very good marriage. We have a God-honoring marriage. We have a healthy marriage, and we would also tell you it's a lot of work. It's not easy to have a happily ever after marriage, to have a God-honoring marriage that goes the distance. And there are a lot of marriages that are struggling. I realize some of you are struggling. Some of you joining us online are struggling in your marriage. There are a lot of marriages that are falling apart. 6,646 marriages end every day in America alone. Marriages are under attack. Our spiritual enemy has been attacking marriages since the very beginning when God created the first man and woman. And it's interesting that Satan did not attack humanity when Adam was by himself. When God created Adam, you don't see the serpent, you don't see the enemy showing up. But when God gave Adam his wife Eve... All of a sudden, you see the enemy shows up and begins to attack their marriage. And the enemy has been attacking marriages ever since then. And, and the first area you see Satan attacking Adam and Eve was in the area of communication. Adam and Eve, the first couple, struggled with communication. They had poor Communication, and I would ask for a show of hands of all the married couples, but I won't. But I would, if I asked, how many of you would say from time to time you have poor communication in your marriage relationship? Every married couple's hands would go up across the building at the other locations online, because every marriage can struggle for, with communication from time to time, and and now only people who would say. I don't think so. Maybe a few singles, they will say, oh, no, 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 uh, my, when I get married, oh, no, we won't be no communication problems in my marriage. hmm <laughs> Studies show, studies show that poor communication is the number one reason people are unhappy in marriage and end up getting a divorce, number one. I know some of you would have thought it was finances or abuse or infidelity, and yeah, that may be two, three, and four, but the number one reason people are unhappy in their marriage relationship is because of poor communication. So here's what we know. Here's what we know as we kick off this series today. We realize this. If married couples can learn to communicate better, our marriages will be better. Good communication is crucial to living happily ever after. So what I want to do today is I want to give you three communication principles from the first couple. Three communication principles. These communication principles you can apply to your workplace. You can apply with your friends. You can apply with relatives. These communication principles will work in a dating relationship. And obviously they will work in a marriage relationship. Three communication principles that I believe, if you will apply, will have a huge impact upon your relationships. Number one is this, clear up miscommunication. Clear up miscommunication. Notice this with the first couple. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden. Eve had not been created at this point. Placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Adam was living in the garden of Eden by himself. If you're not familiar with the Bible, you're new to Bible study, and you're not familiar with this story, Adam was living in perfection in those days. There was no sin, no sickness, no death. And God told him, Adam, you can enjoy all the fruit in the garden. You enjoy any tree, every tree, all the fruit, except for the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God says, do not eat that fruit or you will die. God gave Adam that instruction, not Eve. Eve had not yet been created, so Eve did not receive that instruction. Adam did. Now let's fast forward to the conversation between Eve Eve and the serpent Satan. Genesis 3 and verse 1 says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any any of the trees in the garden? Notice this, the first attack on marriage was in the area of communication. Did God say? Verse 2, of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. I want you to notice that Eve was confused about what God told Adam. She said "She said this, if we touch That fruit in the middle of the garden in that tree, we will die. But that's not what God said. God did not say, if you touch it, God said if you eat of that tree, you will die. But Eve says, if we touch that tree. Eve was confused. She she was confused about what God said. And I want you to notice that the serpent quickly replied: He said, This, You won't die. You won't die. And I just wonder when Eve touched that fruit, what she began to think about. I just wonder what went through her mind as she touched the fruit that God said not to eat. But in her mind, she thought, if I touch it, I'll die. And she touches it and doesn't die. I wonder if she begins to think, Adam doesn't know what he's talking about. Nothing's happened to me. This tree is just fine. I'm not not sure. The Bible does not tell us. I'm not sure if Adam didn't explain it right to Eve or if Eve just misunderstood what Adam said. I'm not sure. But I do know that there's some serious miscommunication happening in this marriage relationship. They are struggling with their communication. And Adam, he should have said something. Eve is grabbing the fruit and, and, and she says, if I touch it, I'll die. But if I eat it, God also said we, we, we will die. And, and Adam doesn't say anything to Eve. He doesn't clear up the miscommunication. He knows what God said. And, and here is Eve, and she knows God said something because, I mean, Adam told me something because, listen, I know about that tree. And that tree, if we eat from it or touch it, I know something about that tree. And Eve grabs the fruit, gets ready to eat it, and she doesn't say anything to Adam. They, they never clear up their miscommunication and their mis. Miscommunication led to some major consequences, and there are married couples who live with miscommunication, and it leads to marriage problems. Hear me today, we all have miscommunication in marriage. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen, we all do. When Tiffany and I first got married, I was 22, she was 20. And when we got married, I was a traveling evangelist, traveling speaker, and I traveled across the nation speaking and preaching at youth camps and conventions and churches and conferences and around the world speaking. And and my wife was a full-time college student, so she would come with me from time to time when her schedule permitted. And back when Tiffany and I first got married, cell phones back then are not anything like they are today. There was no texting. There was no iPhone. There was no checking your email. There was no Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and, you know, there was none of that back then. Matter of fact, when my wife and I first got married, some of you won't believe this. She didn't even have a cell phone. <gasps> Nowadays, we don't know how we would make it without a cell phone. We got married, and, and I told my wife, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm going, and I, I had a little cell phone, and I said, I'm going to preach in, 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 in Jefferson City, Missouri leaving from Springfield, where we were living at the time, and going to uh, Springfield, Missouri, to Jefferson City, Missouri, about two and a half, three hours away. And I told Tiffany, hey, I'll be back, uh, Tomorrow morning, I'm going to hang out with Van. He was the youth pastor there. We were good friends. I said, after I, I preached for Van, we're going to hang out, and I'll drive home the next morning. And I went to Jefferson City that Wednesday night to preach to the youth ministry. I preached Wednesday night, and then me and Van just hung out and talked and laughed. And, and, man, we just went back to Van's house, talked about life and family and ministry. And my wife, she thought I told her I was coming back after the service. And so now it's about 1 or 2 in the morning, and she's expecting me home. She's trying to reach out. She called my cell phone. But, you know, cell phones, I mean, who needs a cell phone back then? You know, you wasn't texting nobody. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't tweeting nobody at 10 o'clock at night. And my cell phone's just sitting down. I'm not looking at it. And I'm hanging with Van. We're just talking. And my wife is expecting me home at 1 or 2. Called my cell phone. I'm not answering. My wife is starting to think, something happened to Herbert. He's in a car wreck, flat tire, dead. The next morning she's awake. And I'm out there. She's thinking something has happened to Herbert. She called her mom. Mama, I hadn't talked to Herbert. I can't find him. I don't know where he is. He's not answering his phone. I don't know where he is. Uh, Something happened to him. I know this is not like Herbert. She thinks I'm dead or something's wrong. So Tiffany calls the church that I preached at the night before. She calls them up and says, have you seen Herbert? I can't. I don't know where he is. He was supposed to be here last night. And the church said, oh, he's standing right here. How many know that wasn't a good moment for me? How many know that, huh? How many of you know I had some communication problems right then? And I need to do some explaining real quick and clear that bad boy up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We all can have communication problems in marriage. The issue is this when you have communic- miscommunication and you don't clear it up, it leads to issues. It leads to I thought you said, I thought you did, I thought you were thinking, I assumed you were. You don't ever listen to me. Miscommunication opens the door for our spiritual enemy to whisper lies into our ears. Adam and Eve miscommunication, the enemy, Satan, the serpent, lies. Some of you have never seen me do my serpent. Uh, you never seen me act like a serpent have you and he begins to lie cuz miscommunication opens the door you married the wrong person you two just aren't compatible Your spouse never listens to you. Sss. You don't even matter to your spouse. Sss. Girl, somebody else would understand you a lot better than him. Sss. My brother, I don't even know why you're still married to her. Sss. Miscommunication opens the door for the spiritual enemy to begin to lie and to deceive. And Eve said, if I touch it, we'll die. Miscommunication and led to severe problems. Number two is this. I want you to give you, I'm going to give you a second communication principle, and that is no more silent game. No more silent game. Notice this in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. It says the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Not only was there miscommunication about what God said, but there was also no communication. And we know Adam was standing right next to Eve because the Bible says when she grabbed the fruit from the tree and she ate it, that she handed it to her husband, and he ate it. They're standing right next to each other, and they don't say anything. He watches his wife grab the forbidden fruit. He watches her eat. He watches her. He knows what God said and was silent. She knows that God says something about this tree. She doesn't have it all right, but she knows something about this tree, and she grabs it and says nothing to Adam. They're standing right next to each other and don't say anything. A lot of married couples stand right next to each other, sit right next to each other sleep right next to each other, and don't say anything. They play the silent game, like Adam and Eve. And you can't have a happily ever after marriage by playing the silent game. That's why I titled the message, We Need to Talk. We need to talk. We can't play the silent game. We need If you're single and in a dating relationship, or you're engaged, and before you get married, you have to talk. You gotta talk. You gotta talk about the real issues. Gotta talk. If you're married, whether it's been two months or you've been married for forty years, you gotta talk. You gotta talk to have a healthy, God-honoring marriage. You gotta talk about God. Talk about church. Talk about your career. Talk about marriage. Your marriage. Not the one on TV. Your marriage. You got to talk about romance. Talk about sex. Come on, ladies. How many of you would say, those those two things are different, aren't they, ladies? Come on now. (laughs) Talk about money. You got to talk about the future. You got to talk. You got to talk about kids. If you have grandkids, you have to talk about the grandkids. You have to talk about expectations. And if you've been married for three months or longer, you know that expectations change in a marriage. Tiffany and I got married at 22 and 20. I was 22, T was 20. Our expectations back way back then are different than they are today. Expectations change over time. Matter of fact, when we first got married, come on, as soon as baby number one came out, expectations changed. Baby number two came out, expectations changed. We were now playing man-to-man defense. You take one, I take one. Baby number three and baby number four came out. It changed. Now we're playing zone defense. Just <laughs> corral these boogers. All I'm saying is expectations change, and you got to talk. You can't keep saying, well, when we first got married, I remember what it was like, and I remember what happened. No, 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 no. Things have changed. You got to talk, talk about your feelings, your real feelings. You have to talk about fears, your hopes, your dreams. You have to talk about problems, problems. Some couples talk about everything except for their problems, except for their issues. They avoid the elephant in the room. And I know I'm talking to married couples right now that are in the room and one of the locations joining us online and you're sitting by your spouse and I talk about the elephant in the room and you know, you both know the elephant in your marriage and it's been there for weeks or for months or perhaps years and you're sitting next to each other and you you both got the elephant in your mind. But you don't even want to look at each other right now. You're like... You don't say nothing, I won't say nothing. Come on. We just. But the ele- we, we know the elephant that's in the room that we avoid talking about the real problem, the real issue. An article in the USA Today said that the most common way for couples to deal with marital conflict was the silent treatment, the cold shoulder. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever experienced in your marriage the cold shoulder? If you don't raise your hand, I want you to have a good afternoon. Come on now. But the cold shoulder. The silent treatment. And the silent treatment is no good. It's just manipulative, disrespectful, and doesn't help in marriage relationships. And the silent game is a huge issue in marriages. Couples literally stand right next to each other on a daily basis and don't communicate. And I just want to encourage us today to begin to communicate. Begin to talk with your spouse. I said, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm telling you, it's going to be uncomfortable. I realized that because my wife and I have these same talks about the real issues, about problems, about concerns, and it can be uncomfortable. It's not, not always fun to really talk about the real issues, the elephant in the room, to really talk. It's not... Not always fun. Matter of fact, sometimes there can be tears and things are brought up because you're talking about your weaknesses and issues and unmet expectations and struggles, and it's not always easy. Sometimes it can be, it can just, it may hurt to talk, not because you're trying to say something hurtful, but it just can be painful to talk about the real issues. You know what? It can be embarrassing. To talk about, because you know the elephant in the room. You know the issue that you've had in the marriage the last week or the last month or the last year or the last decade. You, you know, and to talk, you think, I don't want to talk about that. It. It's, it's embarrassing. It's my, it's my fault. It's what I did. It's what happened. It's, I don't want to talk about that. And here's, here's what people think. I don't feel like talking. I'll talk, pastor, when I feel like talking. Well, that's not going to happen. You don't, you don't, you don't ever feel like talking. I don't know when them feelings come over you to talk about that, to talk about those real issues. But you have to say, you know what? We gotta talk. But, see, silence will only cause more damage. When couples aren't talking, you know who is—that slick, cunning, deceptive, lying serpent. When couples aren't talking i'm telling you he's talking with his lies and his deception why did you marry him anyways don't 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 talk to to her she won't even listen to you don't 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 don't, don't you open just just keep silent cuz you know if you say something he's just going to try to fix you like he always does don't don't say anything to her. You know how she is? If you start talking, she's just gonna cut you off mid sentence and start talking for you. Just stay silent. It's not even worth you bringing it up. And when couples aren't talking, and they play the silent game, let me tell you who's not talking who is not silent. You're spiritual. Enemy And Adam and Eve stood next to each other and said nothing but the serpents. He was talking. Number three is this. There's a a third communication principle, and that is fight fair. Fight fair. Notice this back in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me, who gave me the fruit And she made me eat it. He didn't say that, but that's what he's implying. I mean, you know, Adam just put Eve on blast. Oh, yes, he did. He said, this woman, it was this woman. He didn't say, my wife, my bride, my boo, my girl, my sweet thing. My honey? No. He said, This woman that you gave me. I didn't ask for that woman. You put me to sleep and woke up. Oops, that is. I didn't ask for that. That woman, you you gave her to me. Uh, my brothers, I guarantee you, Adam slept on the couch that night. I know God told them to be fruitful and to multiply, but I don't believe there was no fruit happening that night. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, no. And, and, and Eve, she didn't respond to Adam. So we don't know her response, but I can just imagine her response. She snapped that head over to Adam. Come on, can you see it? Rolled them eyes. Cocked that neck a couple times and gave him the, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, you, you didn't say that about me? Fellas, I want to help you out. Listen to me, fellas, because sometimes in relationships, we can be a little slow. Come on, sometimes, just sometimes. We can be just, just a little bit, just sometimes. So I'm on your side. I'm a, I'm a brother with you. We, come on, we'll stick together right now. Fellas, I want to help you right now, my brother. Let me help you. Don't ever, ever, ever say, this woman. Don't ever say that. This woman. No, don't say that. I'm just telling you, you're not going to score a touchdown that night, my brother. Don't say this woman. Can you imagine how Eve is feeling? She's not feeling real good about herself right now. And she's just thrown under the bus by her husband. You see, our words are powerful. And when you start saying this woman, this woman, man, this loser, this headache, this nag, this trifling brother, this crazy woman, this idiot, this deadbeat, this piece of trash, and I'm being nice compared to what some of you say to each other. And when you talk like that, you're only doing damage to your spouse and to your marriage. No marriage is perfect. Every marriage has disagreements and arguments, but there is a right way and a wrong way to argue. Here's what the Bible says about our words. Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Every time I read this portion of Scripture, I'm convicted because I'm not there yet. I'm in process. Because the Scripture says don't let any unwholesome talk and I don't call my wife an idiot or a dummy. I've, I don't use that language. But there are sometimes just my tone. That's not, not wholesome. There are sometimes, you know, you can be married so long. We've been married a while. And, and we can say things that nobody else would know. They wouldn't think anything about it. But we know that, mm, that's a jab. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Mm, that's a low blow. Like, you know, nobody else knows. But, mm. The scripture says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Is what you're saying building up your spouse, building up your marriage, building that dating relationship to honor God? Notice what it says, building others up according to their needs. And one of the big issues that we can have in marriage is selfishness is is we want to build up according to our needs. And we think about us and we saying, well, I'm going to say that because it helps me. I'm going to manipulate it because it helps me. It's going to give me what I want. But are you saying words that are building up your spouse according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen? Is it benefiting? I'm not saying that it's always easy. I'm not saying sometimes things are said and they have to be talked through, and there's some hurtful things because we're talking about the real issues and we're saying things. I, but but is, it, is it really benefiting? Is it helping us get over the hurdle to be all God wants us to be? Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Are you speaking life or death to your spouse? I think we oftentimes forget that there is power in our our tongue. There's real power. Are you speaking death over your marriage or life over your marriage? Are you speaking death to your spouse or life to your spouse? And I want to encourage you from this day forward, would you make the commitment to begin speaking life over your spouse and your marriage? Use your words to work out the issue, not to make the issue worse. Don't make the issue bigger. Use your words to work it out. Have you ever been in an argument before and you're arguing with your spouse or with somebody else and you started off arguing about that? Over that, that thing right there, and the next thing you know, the argument escalates, and it escalates, and it escalates. Now you're way over there, and you're over here talking, and you're talking, I'm hey, you, ha, 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 I'm ha. By the time you got done, you don't even know why the argument started. Come on, you have been there before? Like, why, what we, why, why do we start arguing? You start arguing about a piece of toast that fell on the floor, and it just escalated and went all over the place because that's the power of words. You can use your words to create a bigger issue, or you can use your words to work out the issue. And we have to fight fair. Communication is a huge part of living happily ever after. Let me remind you of a study, of the studies that shows and bears out that communication, poor communication, is the number one reason people are unhappy in marriage and leads to marriage's ending. It's been a problem since the very beginning, and that's why we took a whole message to simply say this, we need to talk. I'm asking, would you make the commitment, our married couples, no matter how long you've been married, would you make the commitment to talk, to really talk, today? Would you really You're dating, you're engaged. Before you get married, would you really talk? I'm talking about talk, real talk. Talk. Married couples, if we don't talk, I'll tell you who is.